Today's Old Testament reading is taken from Psalm 139, verses 1 through 12. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your, lo- your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. This is the word of God.
The New Testament reading is taken from 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This also is the word of God. Good morning, everyone. I trust you had a blessed new year. There's a chair up here in case uh, one of you want to come and be near. But anyway, I want to uh, welcome each one of you who are here this morning. Thank you for coming. Also want to thank all of you who are watching on Zoom and trust that this year, 2022, will be actually the greatest year that you have ever lived because God will be more real to you than he's ever been previously. Ultimately, as Christians, as believers in God, as followers of Jesus, the central thing in life is God. This morning we are going to start a series of sermons from the book of John, or 1 John, John 1, or however you and your uh, understanding of it do uh, title it, but I want us to look there. Remember last week, uh, we finished the year by talking about prayer. And I don't know if any of you this week, I asked you if you would during this week, take that prayer from Paul in Ephesians chapter 1, beginning with verse 15 and going to the end of the chapter, verse 23. And if you would simply substitute or place your name in there, or a name of a friend, or a name of a person, maybe a relative, maybe a person you work with, and pray those specific things for him or her, that God would give them a spirit of wisdom, God would give them a spirit of revelation in the knowledge of him, that God would open their understanding, that they would know the hope of what God has called them to. They would know the reality of the inheritance that God puts within us. And that they would know the power of the working of God. And then to see what God does. And as I mentioned at the end of the sermon, if you have no one else to pray for, I told you how to spell my name. Because I would be more than thankful if you each week would add the name to Dennis into that prayer, which we find at the end of chapter 1 of Ephesians. As oh, I want God to give me a spirit of wisdom. I want God to give me a spirit of revelation and the knowledge of him. And oh, I want God to help me know the hope of his calling the immense riches of what he has placed within me, of eternal life, and the incredible power of God, 
when it is beyond all that Dennis could think or do or imagine, that there's God. And so I ask you to pray for me and pray for others using that prayer. But today we want to look again at 1 John. And 1 John is a short book, almost at the end of the Bible. It only has five chapters. And yet John considers some very interesting and important things. John in this, as he writes, it's, it's different. John writes differently as God's Spirit has inspired him. He writes differently than Paul does. Paul, like in the book of Romans or Galatians or Colossians, it's pretty much one plus one equals two. And then you take two, and two plus two equals four. For example, we are all sinners. But God sent Jesus to die for us. We are sinners, and God sent Jesus in our place. And because he died for us, too, then God, as he is the eternal judge, can look upon the fact that Jesus was the substitute for you and for me. Every bit of sin that was upon us, God took it according to Colossians, and he placed it on Jesus by nailing it to the cross, that you and I would be free to turn our hearts and lives to God. And God could declare us no longer guilty, but forgiven. Because the guilt, the death, had gone to Jesus. So Paul writes in that method, where it's kind of like following a thought flow. From one to two to four. And back from four plus four to eight. John writes differently as God inspires him. He's a different person. It's almost a little bit like he is in a spiral. Because he's going to talk to us about several things repetitively in this book. He's going to talk about the revelation of Jesus. And he's going to do it again and again. It's not in a line, but it's like in a circle. It's more than a circle. It's, it's not just ditto, repeato. He's saying the same thing again and again. No, no, it's not just repetition. But each time it goes a little deeper or a little higher or comes from another perspective to help you and me see and understand what he is teaching. And so we'll see that. Now also in the, this book, John is very clear. He is calling out, to those who follow God, and he is going to say to them, there is a great difference between a child of God and someone who is not a child of God who lives in the world. At John's time, there were many false teachers coming into the church, many trying to say, well, Jesus was something different than what the Bible explains as being, as being God. Or that this was different, or that was different. And John was saying, no, he's going to address each one of those, and many of those, but also he's going to say that a child of God is different than someone who is not, unashamedly. And then he's going to go on and teach us many things. Now, also though, it's helpful with John, 
is it's rather, in one sense, easy or helpful to understand what's most important to him. Because as he moves his thought flow into a, a circular, circular pattern that goes deeper and deeper around the same thing, he repeats the same idea again and again and again. Like in these first four verses that were read to us, you are going to find he's going to repeat, not only from the beginning, that which I've heard, that which I have seen, that which we've looked upon. Then if you go to the next verse, that which we've touched with our hands. And then the next verse, that which we have seen, and that's which we testify of. He's going to repeat it. Have you ever had someone repeat something to you? Now, I'm a husband who's a slow learner. Do you think I have ever heard something more than once? Not because the teacher was wrong. No, I have been given an absolutely marvelous wife. Let me tell you a little secret about our relationship. We married a bit older in life, and we were both independent and going our own way, which meant coming together as one in Christ was not simple. And my wife had grown up in a family with many brothers, and she could handle them all. And I came in having had only one sister. And there was a moment in life where all of a sudden God spoke to her because she could not only handle me in every way, but also with her tongue. She could put me in my place. I deserved it. But there came a moment when God spoke to her and said, Lois, you need to say words of kindness to him. She did not tell me that until we had been married over 20 years. But when I look back in retrospect, I can almost understand the week and month when she responded to what God had said. And it made a difference in who I am today. And John, in his teaching, will begin to tell us that how we can know that we have eternal life. And he's going to give us many different things we can examine ourselves with. But he gives three very clear ones. One he's going to talk about, there is this love of God which has transformed us so deeply that we love one another. That love, just like I experienced but then he goes on and says, but it's not enough because some people in our world today will say, if we just love, that's what we have to do. No, no, no. John says, wait, no, no, no. It's more than just being transformed by the love of God and loving one another. It's being righteous, living in a godly manner. Because if someone comes to us and says, oh, I love God and I love you, and then we find him or her cheating or lying... No, 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 it takes both. But actually, John says there's a third as well. Is we, what we believe is important. And specifically what we believe about the Lord Jesus Christ because we can be nice and we can be loving and we can try to live a good life. But if we do not believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that through Him comes salvation. And John says all three are necessary. And so we look at this. But as I said, what he says to us 
is sometimes quite clear because he repeats it. Now let's look then what he says to us in these first four verses. And there, as I said, he gives this personal testimony, which he repeats again and again. But he begins, in the beginning, that which was in the beginning. He takes us right back to the beginning of the Bible, that which is in the beginning. He wants to give a focus on that. And of course, as John has written in the book of John, which he also wrote, listen to us, listen to this, what he has written there. He uses the same concept. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And then as we read just before Christmas, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. But then John also uses what he's going to write in verse 12 as he says to them that that those who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become the children of God. Not born of the blood, nor the will of flesh, or the will of man, but of God. And often we stop reading there, but look what it says in verse 18 at the end of that paragraph. No one has ever seen God. And then listen, the only God, no one has seen God, but the only God who is at the Father's side, He has made Him known. Well, what does that mean? Well, as we read through this, we are going to find that John is going to repeat things several times, and this same thought flow is here. He's going to say, in the beginning... And then he's going to say, and the word of, of, of life, the word of life, the word of God, as he describes in John chapter 1. He says, this life was manifest. It came into the world. It was revealed to us. And this eternal life was the same one that was with the Father. The one in the beginning came that you and I that we could understand God. And that God loved us and God has come. That we could have this one who was with the Father in the beginning and has come and has been revealed or manifest. This one is eternal life that was with the Father. And he's going to talk to us about eternal life. And he says, I have seen him said in verse 1, he repeats it in verse 2, I have heard him, I have looked at him, I have watched his life, I have felt him. And John repeats that three times. You get the idea in four verses, he's excited about the fact that he saw him, he understood him, he heard him. Can you imagine for a moment? John was called to be a disciple. He followed Jesus. And as he's following Jesus, he heard what he taught. He saw him. And then he even touched him. And then there was a moment with Peter when he went up the mountain and Jesus was transformed. And he saw him take on a glorified body. And he heard the words from heaven, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. 
what he had experienced. And then he touched him when Jesus was walking on the earth and then he saw him hang on the cross and die, be put in the grave and then he came back resurrected. And can you imagine when then suddenly he came into the room where they were and he said, touch my hand. I'm not just a spirit. I am not just something in your thoughts. I am real. I am resurrected. And he could come and go through the building without opening a door or a window. It says all the doors were closed. The windows were locked. But he came. He was there. He ate fish and bread. But a resurrected body. And John is saying to him, I saw him. I heard him. I touched him. This God is real. Before dying and after rising from the dead, he's real amazing and he speaks of that and of course he's not the only one we could read from the book of Peter if you get to second Peter in chapter 1 he will say we did not follow some fairy tale we did not follow some story someone had in, had invented rather we followed and we experienced Jesus Christ we heard the voice we heard him speaking we saw him die and rise from the dead. Paul in 1 Corinthians, he says, I want to reassure, reassure you the gospel that I have spoken to you is true. And Jesus came just as the Bible said he would. We, talk, we read it from Isaiah chapter 9 verses 6 and following. He said he died just like the Bible said he would. We can read that in Psalm 22. Or we could read that in Isaiah 53, which described completely the crucifixion. It says, my hands were pierced. My feet were pierced. I hung from the tree. They gambled for my garments. Exactly prophesied. What would happen? And Paul says that, and that then he died on the cross, but he rose from the dead. And then he goes on and says, and he appeared to the disciples, John and others. And then he says, and he appeared to over 500 people after the resurrection. And then Paul writes, and many of those 500 are still alive. If you have any questions of the reality of Christ, of God who has come, ask them. And so this testimony that John gives is incredibly important and helps us believe. But not only does he say he came, this God, but then he also says, I felt him, I touched him, I heard him, I was with him. But then he goes on to say to us as well, look, it says he repeats the word, I proclaim. And you see, proclaim is a strong word. John is not saying to you and to me as he has written this, or to the first readers of this, that I am saying I'm suggesting to you that you might want to consider. No, 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 no. He's saying, I am telling you this is true. I am proclaiming to you. And look what he proclaims. He says there, it begins... He says this, concerning the life that was manifest, we have seen it and testify and proclaim to you. I've touched him. I've seen him. And then he follows this thought flow. The one from the beginning, who was the God as he describes in John chapter 1 verse 18, 
No one has seen God but the God who was with him, who has come and manifest or explained him to us. And he's saying, follow the thought flow. This one who was there at the beginning, he became the life that was manifested or revealed to us. Jesus who came in what we call Christmas and who died on Good Friday and rose from the dead on what we, we celebrate as Easter. This one showed us who God was and is. But this one is eternal life. And then the second thing he proclaims to us, he says, and I proclaim all of this to you. I want you to understand this, to know that this is true, because the reason is, he says, that we have fellowship together. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, fellowship is a very church word or New Testament word. It has different meanings. It might mean simply that we have a deep relationship. That's one of the meanings. But you see, he's saying the fellowship I'm asking you or proposing to you, I'm declaring to you, is you have fellowship with me, John. But we have fellowship with God the Father and with God the Son. How does that happen? We talk about church fellowship. We have a cup of coffee. We talk. We get to know one another. You see, but the reason we do that in church is because we belong to one family. There is something, no matter what nation, what background, what family we come from in this world, there is a greater family called the family of God. And that family is able to fellowship together. Sometimes even if we don't fully understand each other's culture, there is this culture of God. But what he's saying, I think, is even more. He's saying, because you see, the other definition of fellowship is we are like partners or we share a common thing. Like Peter owned a fishing boat with his brother. They had a common thing they owned. And what he's saying is this fellowship that I have with God the Father and with God the Son, you can have it as well. And you would have direct fellowship or that sense of partnership, that sense of belonging to, owning that which also is from God. What is he talking about? Remember he said, the one who was with the Father has become the revealed life has become, I tell you, I declare to you, this is eternal life. He begins to define for us, to explain to us what eternal life is. I have often thought in my mind that eternal life is simply something that never ends chronologically. It had no beginning as God, but it has no ending. And of course, we get into heaven and we think, well, heaven never ends. And that is true. But I think that he is, John is indicating to us even something more. That to have eternal life is really to participate in, to be given eternal life of God in us. The one who was with the Father, who has come and revealed to us this life. And he is eternal life. As Jesus says in John chapter 17 as he prays, he says, Oh, Father, 
to have eternal life is to know you, the only God, and to know the Son who you have sent, Jesus Christ. And then as he goes on further in that, he will say to them that they, Lord, he prays not just for his disciples, but he prays for each and every one of you and of me and you and me and each and every one of us who will believe in what the teachings. And he says, I pray for them, Father, as you are in me and I am in you, let them be in us. You see, eternal life doesn't simply begin when we get to heaven. Eternal life begins when God forgives us, cleanses us, and then he calls us, he puts us into his family. And to show that that has happened, he puts himself in the presence of his Holy Spirit in us. And we have living in us eternal life. We participate. It's not like false teachers saying, no, no, no. It's not that we become little gods. No, 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 no. We're adopted. We become children of God. And we live forever. And, Paul, and John is saying to us, this is amazing. You know, and as he goes on, let me just close with these final thoughts that John writes. He says, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. There was a day when Matthew chapter 22, when the Sadducees, they were people who were religious leaders among the Jews, but did not believe in life after death. How can you be a religious leader and not believe in life after death? Anyway, they came to Jesus to trick him up. And they said this example to prove there was no life after death. They said to him, Lord, if in our custom, if a man has a wife and he dies, the next brother in line marries that woman to raise children for the line of the brother before. So what would happen if there were seven brothers and the first one died, took the woman as a wife, to the second and the second died and so on until all seven had died in heaven whose wife would she be? Oh let me read this for you it's uh, to me amazing listen to what Jesus says he says you are wrong because you do not know neither the scriptures nor the power of God Ooh, very strong words for this for the, in the resurrection They neither marry nor are given in marriage, but they are like angels in heaven. They didn't understand. And as far as the resurrection from the dead, Jesus continues, have you not read what was said to you by God? And when I read those verses again, it just hit me. Jesus, the Son of God, is looking at these people and he says, have you not read the Bible? And don't you know this is God speaking to you? What God has said to you, listen to what he said to them. He said, I am the God of Abraham. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. A week ago, Sunday afternoon, Lois and I just received word that a dear friend in Wisconsin had passed. Wonderful elderly lady who most of her life had nothing to do with God. And then suddenly Jesus came into her life. Anyway, long and short, she's passed. Now, if you ask me, did you know Rose? I would have to say, 
I knew Rose in the past tense. But if you ask God, do you know Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob? You and I would have had to say, we knew them in the past tense. But what Jesus is pointing out to the Sadducees is he says, no, 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 God is saying, I am, at this moment, I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Jacob. I am your God. And if you have eternal life in you, you see, you do not, in that sense, pass but we live with him forever. Yes, physical life ends, but eternal life begins as God enters our life and we live eternally because God lives in us. And John wanted to say, I want you to understand this God who came from heaven. I saw him, I heard him, I touched him, and he is real. And so too he is real for us. John closes that first paragraph by saying, I have written this that your joy would be full and complete. We only have true joy when we know that God is in us. And we have eternal life. You know, that's what we need. In 2022, I think we need more than ever before joy. We need peace. We need all of those, but those are found in our relationship with God. And he is offering to us eternal life. To know him and to worship him. May you, as we study through the book of 1 John, know again and again, at the very end of the book, John is going to say, I have written this that you may know that you have eternal life. May I ask you this question as I close? Do you know that you have eternal life? Has the love of God transformed you so that you can see he's changing us? Have you seen the love of God only go on into all of a sudden the way one lives is different? And what we believe about Jesus becomes what the Bible teaches us. John said, I felt him. I saw him. I heard him. That we would know we have eternal life. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this morning and thank you for loving us. Thank you for these words from John which teach us and tell us that you who are with the Father, you came. We've just celebrated Christmas and we remembered that you came and you are the God with us, Emmanuel. You are Jesus, the one who saves us from our sin. But Lord, we want to also praise you today that you're the one who lives in us and we in you. Help us to experience the truth of eternal life with you. Bless each person that is here. May you change their world this 2022 that they are continually aware of your presence with them. We thank you now in the name of Jesus. Amen.